0: If you love me, do what, everybody? Keep my commands. commands. The Bible doesn't say keep my commands, then love me. The Bible says if you love me, the result of love is that you'll be obedient. Amen? By the way, let me just say this just as uh, parenthetically. Let me just throw this out there real quick. One of the reasons why people are so frustrated in life and they kind of lack direction, they're kind of stuck in the rut, and I'm going to give you one word why, obedience. If you want to know God's purpose for your life, the best thing to do is to obey the last thing God told you to do. One of the reasons why many of us are so frustrated and our lives are in such disarray is because we have we have we struggle. We kind of are afraid to do what God tells us to do. And I told you, I confess to you, even though I'm a pastor, I'm not I'm not saying it's easy. But the truth of the matter is, it's typically God never asks us to do stuff that we can do easily. Would you say amen to that? If it was easy, you wouldn't need God, right? All right. Let's check this out. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 6, what actual fight we are in. What is it a fight for, everybody? It's a good fight for our what? Any other kind of fight is not a good fight. The kind of fight that we are in is a good fight, and it's a fight for our faith. A lot of us are in a lot of drama. A lot of us keep up a lot of drama. And most of that drama don't got nothing to do with your faith. If you're going to be in a good fight, you need to be in a fight for your faith. How many feel it every day? How many know every day you wake up, you feel like you're being attacked? I was just talking to somebody this week. You know what they told me? And I don't know if this is somebody's experience, but some of you have been, have been spiritually attacked by the devil in very tangible ways. I was just talking to somebody the other day who said that they woke up in the middle of the night and they heard Satan say to them, I'm going to kill you and your entire family. Now, I'm telling you right now, I'm not super mystical or anything, and I'm not trying to be overly spiritual, but what I can tell you is that is real. I never shall forget, in 1997, my father was working uh, at a camp, and they had some trailers set up, some mobile homes set up uh, that were generated by propane. And he went to help one lady who had a problem with her stove, and when he went in, he did not realize that the entire mobile home was filled with propane. He sought to help her with the pilot in the stove. You, you know what a pilot is in the stove. It, it lights the fire to heat the oven. When he, lit, when he lit the pilot, he did not know that gas was all inside of the mobile home, and it exploded. And this is what my father said, and I believe him with all my heart. He said, as that thing was engulfed in flames, my father suffered 75% of his body with either 75%, 25%, or 10% burns all over his body. But he said, in that moment, he said, Satan revealed himself to him and said, I got you now. I'm telling you, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm really, I'm not trying to overstate it, I'm not trying to scare you, but I'm just telling you the honest truth. Some of you feel me. You may not have had a moment like that, but but can you at least admit today that I may not have seen anything like that, Pastor, but man, for whatever reason is. Man, all my life, I've just been having struggle after struggle. I mean, the luck that it seems that I have had, and we don't believe in luck, but you understand what I'm saying. Just like the attacks on my family and on my children, and you don't even know how you survived. Like, like why are you even still here? And I'm telling you right now, if the devil really had all the power that sometimes we make him out to be, how many know you wouldn't even be here today? I mean, the stuff that you have survived should have killed you. Oh, come on. Talk back to me tonight. How many know that <laughs> how many thank God today? You may, be, you may be hanging on by a thread tonight. But how many can say, thank God that I'm still here? <laughs> can you say, at least I survived? Sickness and pain and family issues and just the like. should have wiped us out. But God, right? But God, but God. It's a good fight. Somebody say, fight. fight. Hebrews 8.10 says, just be viewing. For this is the covenant relationship that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my what, y'all? Where? And where? And I will be their God. And, their, and remember, some, you know, some folks say, some preachers say, look, we're not under the law. I agree. We're not under the law. We're under grace. Come on, say amen. If we're under the law, that means the Bible says we're mastered by sin. If we're under the law, that means that we have to obey to be saved. And how many know that you are not good enough to obey your way into heaven? Oh, you're not hearing me. It's good news. I'm glad I'm not under the law. But don't misunderstand. The law has a purpose. The Bible teaches that the law's purpose is to show us Jesus Christ, to show us ourselves, to show us how desperate we are for him. As a matter of fact, I get nervous. I had a friend in college who told me that he hadn't sinned in 30 days. And I looked at him and said, you just sinned. You liar. How possible is that? Do you realize that sin is not something you do, but sin is something you are? And that and some folks feel like, well, I didn't do this today. I didn't do that yesterday. I didn't lie. Your very state of being is sinner. You don't need the grace of God just to overcome deeds. You need God's grace to overcome your nature. Has anybody ever had a thought or you've done something and it shocked you? You didn't know you were that wicked. The Bible says don't. This is the Myron Edmonds version. Don't get it twisted. You are wicked wicked. Wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. And remember now, I'm not saying this to beat up on you. I'm saying this to help you. The only value you have is not in your goodness. Your value is in God's goodness. Listen, I I mean, I think I'm a pretty decent looking guy. I'm okay. You know, I got some degrees and all that kind of stuff. But I'm going to tell you from somebody who has a little bit of stuff that at the end of the day, what makes me feel special, what gives me value is not my doctorate degrees. It's not the car that I drive. It's not the house that I live in. It is knowing that in spite of who I am, God loves me. Oh, come on now. Now, before I even get into my sermon tonight... Before I get into I'm Just a few brief points I got to make tonight that I'm setting up for Saturday. Can you at least admit that you know that you're crazy without Jesus? <laughs> Some people are like, I don't know if I want to clap on that. You better clap. Be honest. How many people really... Be honest with you. Don't look all holy. And, well, I've never... I haven't done anything lately. Pa- Pastor, I'm a good person. The Bible says there's nobody good. That's deception. To say that you're good... Is the utter deception of of the world. The Bible says nobody's good. Well, Pastor, you don't understand. I come from good stock. My family, they're good people. If there is anything good, you know what the Bible says? Every good and perfect gift comes from God. Here's the gospel. Can I tell you the gospel in one quick sentence? The gospel is you're not good, God is. Somebody praise God today. And notice what his process is. The process of God is to now put his laws and put them in our hearts and our minds. This is the good news. God's spirit is going to put in us Jesus so strong that we won't even be thinking and we'll be obeying. Thank you, God. <laughs> How many want that kind of relationship with God? All right. All right. So let's get it. Let's get it. Revelation fourteen twelve says this calls for the patience, endurance. On the part of the people of God who do what? Who keep his commands and remain faithful to Jesus. And I just want to keep illustrating. I told you the other day, some folks said, Pastor, uh, I, I would give my life to Jesus, but I, I, I got to get myself together first. Okay, again, I'm going to try to maintain some sense of calmness when I say this. If, you, if, you, if anybody in here can get themselves together before they come to God, then let us know who you are, that we might follow you and worship you. If you have the power to get yourself together, then you are Jesus. You must be God. The Bible says we don't have that kind of power to get ourselves together. Isn't that the lie of Satan to tell us before you go to church, get your act together? If you could do that, you would have done it already. (laughs) If you you could get yourself together, why would you need God? Amen. Amen. We can't get ourselves together. And I'm going to tell you right now, the best way to come to Jesus is dirty, nasty, filthy, addicted. I I want you to read your Bible and not listen to church people. Church people will tell you, you got to get yourself together. Make sure you put a suit and a tie on before you come to church. That's not the Jesus I read about in the Bible. The Jesus I see in the Bible takes prostitutes. Oh, ain't nobody talking back to me now. It's getting quiet. Must be a lot of church people in here. Where are the sinners at who agree with what I'm saying? Yeah. Isn't it good to know that you can come to Jesus just as you are? You can come drunk. I've been in tip meetings and evangelism where people have come down the aisle stone-cold, sloppy, drunk. And they said, Pastor, uh, they're not in their right mind. I've seen God move on so high on crack cocaine. Don't tell me where God won't come and get you. I, oh. Phew, oh, Lord, have mercy. How many know God will come in the worst places to get you? David says, if I rise up to heaven, God is there. I I love this part. He says, if I make my bed in hell. David says, if I choose to go to hell, that God has the power to come find me. Amen. Oh, help us tonight. We got a slow crowd. Oh, somebody plug my phone up. Amen. God bless you ladies. Love you very much. There we go. All right, let's get it. Now, the Bible says this. Now, don't miss this now. In Exodus 20, the Bible says, and we talked about this this past, it says, remember. What's that word say, everybody? Remember Remember suggests that we've forgotten something. Would you agree with that? Yeah. If, if, if someone says to you, I need you to remember this, either that you've forgotten or they don't want you to forget, right? right. right. The scripture says, remember what day, everybody? The Sabbath. the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do your work. Now, I got two different groups in here. I got, I got a group who's used to being in church. And this is kind of like, whoa. Pastor, man, this is tough to take. Because are you saying that I've been wrong my whole life because I've been remembering the Sabbath on the first day instead of the seventh day? And then there's another group in here. You ain't. I mean, you're not even in the church at all. And, and you're like, a whole day? I got to give to God? <laughs> I want you to brace yourselves because I think I have some good news for you tonight. I want to move and I want to get... Uh, I want to get closer into into what I want to show you. Let me, let me pass by this. As I told you, Satan has made war on two things, the family and God's Sabbath. Now, today I want to talk to you about just a brief subject on reset. Someone say reset. reset. Okay. What I'm noticing is that people are super stressed out. Yeah. Stressed out. Like people don't have tolerance for each other anymore. Folks are getting shot by family members. People are walking away from their children. People are committing suicide. Folks are stressed out. And it's not just the folks that I'm talking about in the third person. Many of us in here are stressed out. If I'm honest with you tonight, I got a little stress (laughs) on me. How many brought some stress in, in here? I mean, you just got things, right? Well, what causes stress? Somebody talk back to me. What causes stress? Anybody know? Fear causes stress. What else? What causes stress, huh? Problems. (laughs) Problems. <laughs> I got 99 problems. Amen. What else? Huh? Disappointment. Huh? Yeah. Children. Children. I thought I could an amen. Kids. All right. All right. Listen, I got one answer for you. Here's a short answer. You know what causes stress more than anything else in the world? All of your answers are almost right, but here's the number one answer. This is the only thing that causes stress. Are you ready for this? It's coming on the screen right now. Are you ready? This is what causes stress. (laughs) Some folks say, I'm just too blessed to be stressed. Listen, church people, stop talking like that. If you are alive, if you're alive, you have stress. Amen. If you have life, you have stress. And let me say this. Stress is not always a choice. There are certain triggers that just naturally cause stress. It's not a sin to be stressed out. But I tell you what it is a sin. It's a sin to allow your stress to control your life. We do have a choice on how we react to what stresses us out. Would you say amen to that? Now, we have outside stress. We say outside stress is like kids. Outside stress is jobs. Outside stress is people. How many know folk that just drives you crazy? Hey. Somebody felt that, right? <laughs> like there's some, I'm, I never so forget, I pastor the church, right? And when I, I'm serious, I pastor the church, and when I would walk in the church, my, my hands would get sweaty, my chest would start beating. Man, I had this lady, she did some kind of test on my heart. She said, at that point, I had the heart of a 51-year-old man. Because of the stress. Stress. Some of you go home, and when you go, you don't look forward to going home. You just think, oh, Lord. When you wake up, your life is stress. There are people right now, we were talking with somebody the other day, that don't want to live inside stress. That's stuff on the inside of you, like fear. Anxiety, your insecurities, all cause stress. Now, I want to see if y'all can guess this. What's the number one thing that people are stressed out in the United States of America? According to studies, like we needed a study on this, right? (laughs) According to studies, the number one thing that stresses most of us out, be honest, that paper. Making those ends. How many of you get stressed out about money at least one time during the week? Raise your hand. Whoever's not raising their hand, you're either rich or you didn't hear what I just said. <laughs> or you're a kid and don't know that you're poor. <laughs> how many grew up didn't know what you were poor until you got older? He said, Lord, gee, we were real poor. Like, I didn't know that. Huh? Ignorance is bliss, right? Money, 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 money. Oh, folks are so stressed out about how they're going to make it from day to day. Watch what Jesus says in Matthew 11. The Bible says, read this with me, y'all. Then Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Watch this now. If you're stressed, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a pastor. I'm just telling you what I believe works for me. When I'm stressed, I go to God. I don't understand why many of us, when we get stressed, watch this now, we go to a bottle we go to a blunt. We go to a boyfriend. We go to a girlfriend. The number one thing that we need when we're stressed out is not anything outside of us. We need something to come inside of us, and that can only come from peace and God. I don't know. I, have you ever been so stressed out that nothing would alleviate your stress, and at least you have the, 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 the presence of mind to say, God, help me. I have been in moments where I've been so stressed and I'm telling you, I can't explain it and I'm not trying to be super spiritual. I'm just kind of telling you what I know to be true. I will call on God because he said, come to me. He said, come to me if you are weary, tired. Some of y'all are tired, man, just tired of your life, tired of stress, tired of everyday drama. Anybody sick of drama and drama people causing drama? Folks hating on you? Draw Lord. And you're just like, God, what am I gonna do? And we and we find ways to try to leave me in our stress. But I love this about Jesus. And so, so if anybody ever told you that in order to come to God, you gotta be right. Jesus says, if you're stressed, if you're overwhelmed, come to me. He says, I will give you rest. Amen. Watch what Matthew 6 says about money. The Bible says for stressed folk who stressed out about stuff. The Bible says, therefore I tell you. Watch this, y'all. This this blows my mind. I almost think that, like, this is kind of unfair. Watch what Jesus says. He says, do not worry about what? Anything in your life. The Bible commands us, don't worry about it. And I'm like, come on, be be real with God. You kind of feel like God, like, man, do you see what I'm living in? It almost seems insensitive. Some of you are real super spiritual so you have an answer for everything. but there are some people in here right now whose lives are so jacked up they have an issue with this statement. how can you tell me not to worry when I have no money in my pocket I have no job I've got hungry children? I'm getting stressed out by child support. I got legal issues. Don't worry now, how many does that sound impossible? be honest. Do you think about this? The Bible is saying, don't worry. Who can do that? It almost sounds like it's a ridiculous request from God. Don't worry. Do you know what that means? That you are not to ever be overly concerned about your life. How? How does one do that? I'm going to tell you right now. You cannot do that on your own. This is, the, listen, the only reason why we pitched this blue and yellow tent, it wasn't supposed to be blue and yellow, it was supposed to be in white, nevertheless. The only reason why we pitched this tent, came out here in the hot sun, is because we want people to know this one point. Please don't miss me. This is why I'm here. This is why we came all the way from the east side of Cleveland, over here in the Euclid, and are wearing these I love Euclid t-shirts, because we want people to know that if you have stress, if you have worry, Come to God! said man he says uh is not life more than food and the body more than clothes look at the birds of the air they don't sow or reap or store away in barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them have you ever thought about that do you ever see homeless birds walking down the street saying we'll work for food Now, think about that for a minute. It's almost like, well, no, maybe God's taking care of the birds more than me. No! Jesus didn't die for birds. He died for you. You really don't think God will come through for you? But what I have learned is this. Sometimes God has to let us run out of everything so that we realize our everything was not the stuff we put value in, but that our everything is him. Oh, listen to me now. I am not one of those prosperity preachers that's telling you, give your life to Jesus Christ and you're going to be paid tomorrow. Or or give me or so into me. The preachers will tell you, give me some money and, and I'll go out and buy me a nice car. No, no, no. Listen, let me tell you right now. If you want the kind of peace, I'm telling you, you have to go through stuff. You won't even know what peace is. You won't even know how to appreciate it unless you've had drama. Has anybody ever had any problems in your life? Guess what? That's the prerequisite for peace. Peace is not the absence of problems. Peace is the presence of God. I'm telling you the truth. Listen, I have, <laughs> I have been in the most hellish situation and circumstances. I have literally felt demonic forces trying to destroy me and my family. And even in the midst of that, the Lord would come near to me. I'd hear his voice. And yes, you can hear his voice. And he would say, don't worry. I got you. Don't worry. Even those of you, look what David said. David said, even when your mother and father forsake you, I am there. I mean, if I could just get y'all to just realize that God never left you in the first place. Your peace does not come when God comes back. He's not gone. Your peace comes when you realize he's already there. Hello. Oh, man. I got to move. All right. So what I'm feeling like we need is what I needed to do to my phone. Like anybody have issues with your phone sometimes? Now I hate to say this because I'm like pro iPhone and I like be hating on Droid. But I got to admit right now, sorry iPhone people, sometimes that iPhone be acting crazy. But iPhone has this function where if you hit the power button and whatever but what's the other button? Anybody know? And the home button and you hold it down, you can reset the phone. And so the phone will be operating slowly. It'll do crazy stuff. But if you hit reset, then the phone will start acting properly. How many wish you could take a reset button and, and, and you had it on top of your head? <laughs> I mean, you slowed down. You got stressed out. Anybody ever want any do-overs in life? Wish you could go. Oh. Wish you could go back, relive some stuff. Hit the reset button. All right, old school folk, you don't know about a reset button. Anybody remember a VHS where you could hit rewind and the little squiggly lines would be across the screen and go back? You don't, you don't know nothing about TiVo or DVR. But how many wishes you could just, just start all over? Hit a, somebody say reset. reset. Somebody say reset. reset. Just hit the reset. Do you feel me on that? Guess what God has done? God has done an amazing thing, and he did it at creation. He gave us a stress reliever, and he physically put it in our weekly cycle. You didn't hear what I just said. God, man, my God is so awesome that he thinks about stuff before it happens because he knows we're going to get ourselves into trouble and knows we're going to need some stuff. I'm just one of those crazy people that believes everything God does, he does for a purpose. Do you believe that? How many, even all the hell that you've been through, how many believe that it was for a purpose? Even the negative people that tried to kill you, how many believe that God even used that so you can realize you were with the wrong crowd? (laughs) I mean, I I just believe that everything, and so even in this, and I have told you, why is it that out of all 10 of the commandments, nobody is tripping on adultery? Nobody's saying we're not under that anymore. Nobody is saying, oh, hey, hey guys, look, you know, we're, we're New Testament Christians now. We don't, uh, we don't lie. We're not under the lying commandment anymore. Y'all still hate liars. Tell the truth. I mean, have you ever thought of why, why, why is it that nine of the commandments are legit, but the fourth commandment, remember the Sabbath day. Nobody talks about that. And I'm going to tell you right now, one of the reasons why our world is so stressed out is because we've not followed the blueprint that God has laid down for us so that we can have a weekly reset. Oh, listen here. God literally said this. And listen, I'm not, please, y'all know me. I'm not trying to, like, knock denominations and all that kind of stuff. Whatever you were taught, praise God for that. But look, when you start growing in God, grow. If the word of God starts opening up to you, go with what you see. Don't go with what you heard. Go with what you see. I'm just asking you. Talk back to me now. Why is it we focus on all nine of the commandments? Nobody believes in adultery. Nobody believes in murder. Murder is still a sin, right? So how come we won't even embrace the benefit of a reset at the end of every week? Remember the Sabbath day. Keep it holy. God's like, don't even work. I don't want you to work because i (laughs) I know how stressed out Monday's gonna be. I know how stressed out Tuesday's gonna be. I know how stressed out Wednesday's gonna be. And here's the problem I know that you'll be tempted to forget about me. So, what I'm gonna do is, I'm gonna give you one day, 24 hours out of the weekly cycle so you don't forget me. That's all it is. It's not denominationalism. Yeah, I'm a seventh-day Adventist, but don't get it twisted. I'm not preaching that. I don't agree with every single thing every denomination teaches and believes anyway. What I do believe is in the word of God. And if God said that the seventh day is His Sabbath and that it is blessed, I believe him. Oh, pastor, but, but that was for the Jews. But did not Jesus say the Sabbath, Mark two twenty four, was made for me. It says it was made for man. Who are you? the, the Greek word is anthropos, comes from anthrop- anthropology, basically means everybody. <laughs> the Greek word basically means everybody. God says, I made the Sabbath for you. Why? Because I know y'all gonna be tripping. I know you are gonna lose your focus, and I know you don't just need two hours of church. Some of us come to church for a couple hours and think we did something. God, notice what the Bible says. The Bible doesn't say go to church for two hours. That's my Sabbath. He says, I need a whole day. Oh, y'all not feeling me. I'm preaching too hard already. I wish I had a church in here. I know this is shocking to you, but isn't it good news that God is basically telling your boss, leave them alone. I've got an appointment with them. The beauty of the let me, let me let me keep going. So what's this? Now I purposely use this text because people who don't believe that we should keep the Sabbath always say, "Now now Exodus, that was Moses. We ain't under Moses anymore." Fine. What about Genesis? There were no Jews in Genesis. It was Adam and Eve. In my mind, that was the beginning. The word Genesis means beginning. What does it mean, everybody? Oh, come on. Just talk to me now. What does Genesis mean, everybody? So I'm saying if I'm God at the beginning of time and I'm organizing my planet, I'm setting up the ecological systems, I'm setting up the days and the nights, I'm setting up humanity, I'm setting up all these things. God is like, okay, now, after all this creation, I need to give them a 24-hour period where they can just chill and settle down. That's what I want them to do. Just me and you. Amen. That went over somebody's head. All the 90s people, raise your hand in the air, wave it like you just don't care. <laughs> I told y'all the other day, Jesus is saying, let's chill and let's settle down. That's what I want to do. All right, anyways, it's, it's like, yo, but notice this. God gave a rest day to two people that didn't even work. When God gave the Sabbath, Adam and Eve were created on Friday. They didn't do no work. Do you see the message that God is sending? That the Sabbath is a message of divine grace. What is grace? Grace is God blessing us when we haven't worked for stuff. Oh, y'all not praying with me. It's God giving us stuff that we don't deserve. Adam and Eve didn't work for the Sabbath. Adam and Eve were created on Friday, and the next thing they did was keep Sabbath. Bible says here, watch this, it says, thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. All right, he created everything. He created what, everybody? And you've heard the stories, uh, you've heard the poems after God created everything. What were the words that he said? And he knew that it was what? It was good. Right? Watch verse two. By the seventh day, no, Moses is not alive. Jews have not come into existence. There is no covenant law. It's just God and his people, and he's like, I, I, y- y'all need this right here. What does he say? By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. Then the Bible says, so on what day? Who rested? Now, come on. <laughs> if he rested. Y'all, <laughs> come on, y'all. If he rested. Don't you think you need to rest? The Bible says he rested from all his work, then now what? These are the words right here that you cannot miss. I gotta get like, oh, watch this. Then God did what, y'all? Bless. And, and what else did he do? He made it what? Holy. If God blesses something, it can't be unblessed. Watch this. If God blessed the seventh day at creation, then do you think it has become unblessed? Let me ask you a question. If God blessed you, do you become unblessed? If you did, you'd be dead. The only reason why you're alive is because he does not rescind his blessing. How many can say tonight that the blessing on the Lord has been on my life? When I've been crazy, I've been blessed. When I didn't know God, I was blessed. When I didn't know what to do, the blessing of God was on my life. What I really want you to get tonight is, I've been doing it wrong, or I thought it was wrong. I don't forget all that. I want you to get this. Are you stressed out? Is life overwhelming? Do your days get tough? Yes, worship God every day. Yes, try to serve him every day. But but just like my wife, been married for 14 years. Come on, clap it up. Clap it up for your boy. Oh, come on. I'm a black man, 38 years old, and I'm still married. Pop again. Oh, y'all don't get it. I'm still married, and I'm taking care of my kids. Holla at your boy. All right. Now, do I tell my wife every day I love her? Shouldn't I? Shouldn't I show her that I love her every day? Now, what if I told her on our anniversary? Yeah, babe, uh, we ain't gonna do nothing this year. I told you I loved you yesterday, so chill and settle down. (laughs) Uh, Let me tell you, y'all don't know my wife, but that's not going to fly. On that special day, I need to remember what God has been doing in our relationship. And that's a day that's special. I gotta celebrate it. I, I got. I got. I, I gotta. I gotta cancel stuff. I gotta set stuff up. I got. Amen. I gotta set stuff up. Amen. I gotta set stuff up. Oh man, I got uh, because I'm celebrating our relationship. So God's saying the same thing. Look, I got an anniversary with you every week. Let me say it another way. Don't you think this world is crazy enough where we need a generation of people who are radical and say, y'all do whatever you want to do, but I need at least one day out of the week where there's no drama, one day where there's no craziness, one day where I can have God pour into me. I'm telling you, the Sabbath is for radical people. The Sabbath is for desperate people. If you're desperate and you're not satisfied with your life, then you need a Sabbath. Come on, say amen in here. You need a day to reconnect and hit the reset button and feel the pulsating presence of God oozing in your life. You need a day where you can hear God say you're forgiven. Your sins have been washed away. You need time to spend with your family. I go in some people's houses and everybody's like this. At dinner tables. Like for real, they never talk to each other. And then they wonder why their daughters are acting out. There's some parents, their kids are walking the streets tonight, and the parents are not even tripping. No, nope, look, back in the day when the light, when the street lights came on, I had to go home. I don't know what I don't know what we're doing right now. Street lights, and listen, if, <laughs> if I came home. If I came home later than I was supposed to, I would get my behind whipped. Oh, y'all don't know nothing about that. Y'all calling social services. Y'all calling social services. How many got their behind whipped and it helped you? Come on, say amen. Look now, I'm trying to tell you these restrictions. Don't see it as a restriction. Again, if you go down the street, as I showed you before, and you see a stoplight. The stoplight is not there just to slow you down so you can't get where you're going. That restriction has been imposed to keep you from killing yourself and killing somebody else. Why did God give the Sabbath? So you wouldn't drive yourself crazy. Amen. You know, no lie. No lie. Straight up. There are studies that have shown that people who keep the seventh day Sabbath live eight years longer than the average American. Why? Because, number one, they're obedient. Number two, they realize the blessing of hitting the pause button, of hitting the reset button, and saying, God, I did some stuff this week. God, I made some decisions this week. God, I lost my mind this week. And I can't wait till Sunset Friday comes. Because I, I just need to be with you. I've had friends to walk away from me. Go ahead and play, my friend. I've had family members to, to hurt me. And I've been working and I've been doing things and I've been engaged and it's just been so busy and I got headaches and migraines and my, my 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 blood pressure is up and I just need some relief. Anybody feel like that every now and then? I just need look let me say it like this I need no drama just need just need a moment and don't don't misunderstand me I'm not saying you can't do that on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday but watch what I'm saying there's a blessing on the seventh day (laughs) why why, why are you saying that pastor because he said so he said so he said so this Saturday I'm going to break down to you what Jesus said about this and see re- why is, what does this have to do with the fight of your life watch this you're going to lose the fight if you don't give God his time just a few minutes ago we, uh, we, we tried to start up the generators that power this whole place up and we forgot that there was no gas in there if there's no gas in there there's no power if there's no power it's not going to work Most of us are running on empty right now. And I'm not talking about physically empty. I'm talking about, when's the last time you gave God five minutes? I'm telling you, when I was really in sin, I didn't even want to sit still because I felt so guilty about stuff I'd done. But listen, I'm telling you, if you sit still long enough, this is what you're going to hear from God. I love you. (laughs) Got a plan for your life. You know what I did? I actually died for you. I died for you before it was even thought of. I'll die for you. I know what you did. But I didn't give up on you. If I gave up on you, you'd be dead. (laughs) Come unto me. Come to me. That's what I hear Jesus saying. Sometimes people paint this picture of God. Somebody does something wrong. God's mad at them. Like, show me that in the Bible. When, When I see people make mistakes in the Bible, I see Jesus coming, running after them. Adam and Eve sinned, and what did God do? He struck them down, right? No. He said, where are you? <laughs> then the Bible says he covered their nakedness. Look, I'm telling you right now, I'm just pleading with you. God is so good, man. He's so good that he knows that you're going to sometimes get too busy for him and get too stressed out for him. So he says, I got, I, got a, I got a 24-hour period that I've kind of put in the cycle of life just so that me and you can connect. I miss my time with you. Those moments together. I need to be with you each day. And it hurts me when you say you're too busy. Too busy with your life, too busy with your kids. Do you realize that I'm the answer? This is good news, y'all. I am the answer to every problem in y'all. It's not money. It's not a job. You, I'm t- you can have the perfect man and the perfect woman and be more miserable than you were when you be, before you were single. People don't make life better. God makes life better. God does. Listen, I, I'm just trying to plead with you tonight. Like, hear what I'm saying. I'm not saying that if you don't do this and you don't do that, then God's gonna get you. This is what I'm saying. This is the picture of God that I see. Come. But, but but God, I, I didn't know. Shut up. Come. Come to me. Father, I, I got an attitude. I'm mad about some stuff. I don't care. I can heal you. Matter of fact, I knew what you were thinking before you came. Come to me. Anybody got any problems? I got a solution. Come to him. Your head's about your eyes.